And you never hear successful entrepreneurs saying, well, I was kind of dabbling into this and into that. And then one of them succeeded. No, they were doing one thing and they improved and they pivoted and they improved until it worked. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Our co-host today is Ralph Quintero from happysomeone.com. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Jared. How's it going, man? Man, it's a pleasure to have you back. And I'm really excited because today we get to talk to a mutual friend, our good friend, Maron Berkett from the Inspiring Innovation Podcast. Murad is the host of the Inspiring Innovation Podcast and the creator of the Inspiring Innovation Podcasting Bootcamp, which I have personally looked at and I've had friends of mine go through and have had raving reviews on how good this actually is. Maron, it's a pleasure to have you. Ralph and I are ready to inspire and innovate. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. It's awesome to be here. It's such a great honor to finally be on Stop the Doubts. That was one of my goals when I got started here. It's just that's a huge enhancement for today's show because Ralph has been starving my doubts for years now. So <laughs> we can have fun with that. Absolutely. So, Maron, I think you know this is coming. What is the best concert that you have ever been to? That would be Roger Waters' The Wall. A few years ago, it was in Budapest. The whole thing, just like the Pink Floyd used to do it with building up the wall and bringing down the best concert by far. Incredible. Let's roll into blank versus blank. We're going to give you a couple options if you'd be willing to pick one and a short reason why. Go ahead, Ralph. So how about this one for you as far as blank versus blank? I'd love to know. Which one would you rather do in the morning? Bulletproof coffee or taking a walk and listening to classical music? I never listen to classical music. I'm on a walk, so bulletproof coffee. (laughs) <laughs> trick question how long have you been doing the bulletproof coffee i'm actually off it for a few weeks now because i think i was getting a bit overhyped on caffeine <laughs> but been doing it on and off for over a year now i guess that's awesome nice for the listeners that don't know what that is would you be willing to yeah bulletproof coffee basically is coffee with no milk it's with butter and it should be grass-fed butter, but we don't have that stuff in Israel. We're not as fancy pants as America is. So bulletproof coffee, as I said, coffee should be organic, but whatever. Butter, and it should be, Ralph can help me out. I use coconut oil because we don't get the fancy stuff in the U.S. Ralph, do you remember the exact thing they recommend in the U.S.? I believe it's MCT oil, which you can yeah, yeah. get MCT at any, oil. Uh, like a health food store or GNC. MCT oil is basically concentrated. Oil is just six times more concentrated, but that's basically it. So you get the fat you need and the caffeine you need to really, really power up your morning. And rather than giving you that boost and then lull that you get from having coffee, it keeps you pretty much steady. It keeps your sugar levels steady all day and gives you tons of energy. Yep. I'm disgraced to admit I've never had it. (laughs) It sounds weird though, like coffee with butter. I think Jamie Toddy once asked them to make it for her in Starbucks. She's like, can you mix it with butter? I think I heard it was Jamie. I'd love to see the face of the guy over there, over the counter. (laughs) Nice. All right, let's go into finish this sentence. And even though you mentioned you're in Israel, you do pay attention to American football, NFL. So finish this sentence. My favorite NFL team is... The Chicago Bears. Oh, really? Mm. Hey, you know that, Ralph. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but I was hoping that when Jared asked the question, you'd change your mind. (laughs) Well, do you want me to pick like the Miami Dolphins? (laughs) Like they're dolphins. They can't play football. Well, here's the thing. You know, I'm like Hootie, right? The dolphins make me cry every single year, but I'm a diehard (laughs) fan. Well, hey, the bears don't make me laugh any much more than the dolphins make you. So, you know, it's mostly about crying. 
I'm interested. Is NFL football popular in Israel? Not at all. And, okay. you know, it's aired in, in crazy times. Like it's, well, the first game is at 7 p.m., the first Sunday game. The other one is 11 p.m. Monday is 11 p.m., sorry, 3 a.m., usually on Monday. Wow. So we have the NFL game pass and we actually watch it on replay the next day, which is why I think I got pissed at you when you were uh, talking about <laughs> the NFC championship results before we watched it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> That's the problem with social yeah. media. So let's keep on with this, uh, finish this sentence. I'd like to uh, throw one at you, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. And it is this. If I were to select the actor that would play me in my epic biopic blockbuster movie, it would be... Wow, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have absolutely no idea. I think we let Ralph pick for you. <laughs> yeah, Ralph, do you have someone in mind? <laughs> yeah, I would have to say Tom Hanks. I think you could totally really? pull that off. <laughs> a, Tom Hanks can pull anything off. Let's be honest. I'd love if Tom Hanks would play any part that it should resemble my life. That would be cool. If he does, he should have the Forrest Gump accent <laughs> when he does that. Just to make it fun. Absolutely. <laughs> the last finishes in sentence. The benefit of providing valuable free content is... You change lives. Wow. Well said. It's that it, like... <laughs> <laughs> that was just so powerful because it's what you do. And it's something that I think you've been doing consistently now for quite some time. And the results are evident by the kind of feedback that you get and the kind of feedback that I even I hear back from people who come across your path. And I think I have you to thank for that, Ralph, other people. But, you know, Jared, I don't know if you know this story. When I was getting started back to entrepreneurship after I was in corporate, I was sitting on the fence for a long time until I saw Ralph getting early traction with his magazine. I was like, damn it, that looks easy. I should have done it. I should have had the Great Business Project magazine. And Ralph just tweeted me back saying, just do it. What's the worst thing that could happen? Just do it. And that has been a mantra in the Bereket household ever since. And it never failed me. So why don't we move on to true or false? True or false? You can't become a podcaster until you have a lot of expensive equipment. Bullshit. Oh, Jared, can I say that on your show? <laughs> well, if you can't, we'll bleep it out, but all good. Go uh, okay. You don't need fancy pants gear to get started on a podcast. Actually, I started with very non-fancy pants gear. So did some of my students who are now outranking NPR. So I think that serves to prove my point. Incredible. Well, and one of my favorite podcasts that I actually had the pleasure of being on with you, Maran, was using an iPad. So it was great. Yeah, even though, like, I don't know if an iPad counts as cheap equipment. If you already have it, then great. But if not, if you have a computer and you have 40 bucks to buy an ATR microphone, you're good to go. Yeah, well said. Uh, the last true or false, a new podcaster should only focus on iTunes. No, 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 that's false. I mean, while iTunes is a major thing to focus on for the first eight weeks, but after that, you want to be there on all platforms because... If we assume that most people consume podcasts on their smartphone now, iTunes and Apple is just 8 out of 20 people. What about the other 12? Mm. That's a good point. I mean, I personally do most of my podcast listening now on Stitcher. I love their statistics features. I love to see how many hours of podcasts I've heard over the years, and it's thousands and thousands upon hours. And, you know, I think as Stitcher and other platforms, I don't just want to pick on them, continue to evolve and they start making their way into our vehicles and into other devices and into our homes, I think that there's going to be a lot more options for podcasters. 
Yeah, so you just yep. made a great point, Ralph, because it's not only about, so eight out of 20 smartphones are Apple devices, but even out of those eight, a lot of people don't like the iTunes apps. So we've been talking a little bit about podcasts or actually a lot about podcasts. So I want to talk about your podcast in particular. So you launched your podcast about a year ago, but you've built a mm -hmm. tremendously large audience over a really short period of time. What have been some of the keys to your success and what are maybe some of the stumbling blocks that you encountered along the way? I think some of the keys to my success besides really, you know, when you launch, you need to work your small army. And if you don't have one, then your family and friends are your small army. And you need to work them to get those early ratings, reviews, downloads to be able to raise high enough in the rankings for other people who don't know you to find your show and start downloading. And then you want to build your army with them. So give them your email, start chatting up with them, ask them what are they struggling with, try to help them, open up a real conversation, be a real human being. That has definitely helped me create a major traction when I got started. And I think the other thing was I created a show that wasn't yet out there in a way that I never changed the way I did my show since I started and I still do it the same way. And I know now who's my avatar. And every time I need to make a decision, I ask myself, what would he need? Would this be interesting to him? So my podcast isn't just a random rambling interviews. It has a very precise goal. When I sit down to edit, when I sit down to interview, I know what my audience will want to listen to when it comes out. Would you say that that's the most important part in embarking not only in podcasting, but any project that revolves around an audience or sales or anything is to know your audience? Yeah. I mean, I started with a magazine where I didn't know my audience. I amused myself that the audience is me two years ago. And that was as specific as I got. And I learned that you have to be a lot more specific and ask yourself, okay, he's like you two years ago. When you were you two years ago, did you have the time to read a magazine? Er, no, don't do a magazine for that person. Right. You need to understand who you're talking to, to understand in what medium, in what ways, how can you help them before you can. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're creating just a generic product, you know, and there's enough generic products out there. You need to stand out and you need to be the go to podcast for your community instead of being a meh podcast for a million people. Moran, one of the things you've done that I find just so exciting is you talked about standing out and creating products, and you've actually done that. You went from being the student of podcasting, and now you're teaching podcasting, and you created the Podcasting Bootcamp. And I personally have recommended this to friends, and they've come back to me and just thanked me and said, this is exactly what I needed. This answered the questions that I wasn't able to get answered in other places. So what inspired you to start the Podcasting Bootcamp? I think it goes back again to starting with a customer asking questions from people that I knew, people in my network, people that were listening to my show. And I was sending them to the resources that we all know are out there. And I just saw when they came back to me with questions or I would sit down with them and watch the video and I could just see their eyes blink with, why the hell is he telling me about this stuff right now? I don't know what it means when they were watching the videos and I could just see the huge gap, unanswered gap out there. And considering the fact that I have huge passion for teaching and I have huge passion for entrepreneurship and a huge passion for technology. It was just so obvious to me that that should be my next step. Now, then came the doubts because from that moment of obvious to releasing the product, it was a good few months full of doubts before I finally did it. But it all started with seeing who's my avatar, what do they need, and why is that not answer it better?
You mentioned something really interesting right now, and that's that, you know, you observe people watching videos and they'd get this glossed over look when things got either too technical or they didn't understand it. What are some of the things that new podcasters are likely to overlook or be challenged with that maybe in your podcasting bootcamp you address? I think people need to start, like most of these guides start from the technological point of view, assuming you know your audience, assuming you know what's your show going to be like. I think people need to spend a little bit more time figuring out who are they going to talk to and what podcast, what type of podcast should and can they create and how to format it. Like, let's say I want to start a podcast about entrepreneurship, about successful entrepreneurs, and I wasn't a successful entrepreneur. Well, then obviously, it'll be a bit weird to start a podcast where it's a solo show where I talk about my not yet successful business. So I needed to create an interview-based show that allowed me to network and to grow. And down the path, you change into a format that does have more solo, etc. All of these things are things you need to consider when you get started in order for the podcast to make sense to your avatar. That's why the first two modules on my program, what can you talk about? And then we talk about who are you going to talk to? Then we figure out the format and only then we dive into the technological part, which let's admit, many people love talking about tech, but it's not the most important thing. You need to have a great show, but a great show first and foremost comes from resonating with your audience. I definitely want to talk more about that, Moran. Just before we talk about that, though, we all agree podcasting is fun, but realistically, it is a lot of work. It's an arduous process. So in terms of uh, content creation, post-production, shipping, and all of those awesome things that we all love and do. So where do you think is your greatest challenge in the podcasting process from beginning to finish? My greatest challenge in time or like what exactly are you asking, Jared? Okay, so in the actual creation of a podcast, and let's actually factor in time too, because I think that's important for people who are considering getting into this. Greatest challenges that you've experienced, whether it's in the beginning or even now, what is your greatest challenge in creating a podcast episode? I think my greatest challenge now is the show notes, because I don't like blogging as much as I like podcasting. I mean, you need to remember, I have over 10 years experience in Doing the show, editing the show, technologically, that comes very natural to me. I feel at home when I do that. That said, the thing that takes the most amount of time is editing for me because I'm still a perfectionist. And because of the way my show is recorded, I often let my interviewees ramble on and remove that in post-production rather than cutting them mid-sentence. And that's a huge cost in time for editing. I know I should be outsourcing that, but it's hard because for me, it feels that that's where I have the most value, the way I edit the show. Ralph, you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Sorry, I had a little bit of a delay. So, you know, as you create the content for the show, Maron, and you keep your avatar in mind, what's the next most important thing that you need to worry about as you record your show? Well, I think the second you open that, just before you open the microphone and start talking at them, you need to remember who are you talking to and talk with them and not at them. When you have an interviewee, you need to brief them, hey, this is the guy we're talking to, and they can adjust to that. And when you ask your questions, you need to keep asking, if my interviewee just said X, will my target audience understand what X is? Do I need to explain it? You need to always be conscious about who's listening or who do you imagine listening 
And how can you make sure they benefit from the show, whether it's by breaking down, asking different questions, whatever. And I think for me, that was a major mind shift going from radio to podcasting where you just talk to someone. That's good advice. So we're going to shift gears just a little bit because not only are you a podcaster, but you're also an entrepreneur. And you've talked to a lot of successful entrepreneurs on your podcast, Inspiring Innovation. So what habits do you think every entrepreneur should have? Do the one thing that scares you the most. Fuck it, ship it. These are both very important habits that I'm still working at. And you know, Guy Kawasaki has a talk. I never had Guy on the show yet. But Guy has a talk where he said that entrepreneurship, it has the word ship inside. You've got to be shipping. So the habit of shipping, the habit of doing what scares you. You wanted three habits? Sure, why not? No, I, don't, I don't know if I imagined you asked for three. I won't ones. stop you. No, because I don't, I don't know if I have a third one. Oh, the third one is focus. And you know, John Dumas mentions it as follow one course until success. I think focus has revolutionized my life. And the only reason I have the bootcamp out there is because I scale down from seven or nine projects to one. And MJ DeMarco says one, you never hear successful entrepreneurs saying, well, I was kind of dabbling into this and into that. And then one of them succeeded. No, they were doing one thing and they improved and they pivoted and they improved until it worked. And along the way, I would imagine that there is also a lot of things that don't work because that's the nature of entrepreneurship. And I would imagine that you have faced some adversity along the way. How do you keep from giving up in the face of adversity? Well, I surround myself with you like Jared. We all face, we all know these days where you're just like, okay, this project is going nowhere. And having friends who've been through that, who can help you say, okay, let's see what is working out of everything that's not and focus on that and let's move forward. Instead of having, being surrounded by people who don't get entrepreneurship as much and would just encourage you to give up. So surrounding yourself with like-minded people, Affirmations is very, very crucial to keep the internal voices, internal chatter to a bare minimum. I actually have on my phone three minutes of recorded affirmations by Ralph that I do on and off. It comes in peaks, but when I really need it, when I feel the internal chatter and doubt raising, I would add that to my morning routine. I would listen to them three times in a row and each affirmation in the recording has three repetitions. So that's nine repetitions of each affirmation, but that gives me energy for the entire day. That might be a new product for you, Ralph. Affirmations with Ralph. (laughs) I, 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 I would probably jump on that email list. All right, Mariah, thank you for sharing that. And let's talk about some of the challenges that you're facing now and how you're working through those. I just had my first live webinar this week. So that was a challenge in terms of what if people don't show up? What if people don't like what I present? What if people don't buy the product? Etc. So my challenges now are actually segueing into a paid model that helps fund the effort that Inspiring Innovation is putting out there, which is bringing freedom to the lives of more people. But you can't do that without any funding. So that's my current chance. So the free bootcamp, for instance, right now it takes people from zero to launch. And to launch, I mean to outrank NPR, which is pretty cool. But after that, you have a show and eight weeks later, you're out of the iTunes and you're noteworthy. And then what? 
So the next step is creating the second part of the product, which is to talk about how do you start profiting from your show? How do mm. you do marketing beyond the new and noteworthy? How do you build a brand like you did, Jared, like Ralph did with Happy Someone from that podcast? That's all going to be in a paid product. And that segue is where I am right now. Cool. So, Maron, your products, your services, your information, your content is changing lives. And I could tell just by listening, the excitement in your voice, that spark that you have when you talk about inspiring innovation and everything that you're doing. You know, that leads me to ask one of my favorite questions, and I'm going to ask you, and uh, I've actually never asked this to you before, despite the fact that we've been friends for a long time. So I just kind of want to put it out there publicly, and that is, what do you want to be remembered for? It's funny that you asked because growing up, I was obsessed with putting a dent out there and I never knew what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to put one. And then kind of with Inspire Innovation, I used to obsess like if I die tomorrow, which is a strange thought for 15 years old, but never mind. That's a different <laughs> kind of podcast talk. But I used to think if I die tomorrow, what would I be remembered for? And now it's less of an obsession because, you know, Ralph, I get these amazing emails of people I already changed their lives. And I have Julie, my girlfriend, I have my family that I'm a big part of their lives. I have my friends and I have the people I am already changing their lives. So I'm actually pretty happy with that. I hope I can be remembered as someone who helped more people bring in more freedom into their lives and spend the time the way they wanted to and manage to reach the lifestyle that they deserved. That's awesome. It is. As we start to wrap up here, who is doing something that interests you? Who's doing something that interests me? I'm very interested by what my friend Jared Easley is doing with the podcasting movement happening in Texas in the summer. Very interested to see what our friend John Dumas is doing right now with webinars. He's going to teach people how to do successful webinars and how to create a business with that. I think that's a very interesting next step for someone that is a podcaster to check that out. These are two things that are on my mind as we speak. I'm sure a very close third would be happysomeone.com. <laughs> well, Ralph knows I'm very interested because I ask Ralph about happy someone all the time. So that goes without saying. <laughs> Actually, it's wonderful because Maran sits on my board of advisors for happy someone. So it's, it's great. You know, I think we've spent a lot of time talking about all these great things that you're doing. So why don't we tell people what the best place for them to check out the Inspiring Innovation podcast to either register for the boot camp or stay connected with everything that you're doing? Okay, so Inspire Innovation Podcast, easiest ways to go to iipodcast.com forward slash episodes. That will give you all of our episodes. And in each episode, we have a subscription link both to iTunes and for Stitcher and Podnover and bazillion, gazillion other podcatchers you could use. If you want to check out the boot camp, as I said, it used to be free. We're closing down the doors, but... For the audience of Starve the Doubts, I've selected the best videos out of each module, and we have 16 modules there. So I've extracted those best videos, and Starve the Doubt audience can get them for free, lifetime access for free, if they head over to inspiring-innovation.com forward slash starve, and it'll get you to a registration page, and you can claim your lifetime access to the Starve the Doubts videos. That's very generous. Thank you, Maron. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? You know, I, I read a quote in a book two days ago, and it said that fear is the price we pay for using our imagination. And I think it goes well with doubts as well. 
So, you know, be happy for those doubts. They're a sign you're trying to bring something new to your life and use that as a signal telling you you're in the right way instead of as a signal telling you you're in the wrong one. Wow, that's well said. Moran, best wishes to you and your family and the podcast, boot camp, just everything that you're working on. Thank you so much for spending time with Ralph and I today. Jared, thank you so much for having me. You and Ralph. And thank you, Ralph. <laughs> you're welcome, Jared. And Moran, thank you for being an inspiration. Same to you, man. die tomorrow what would i be remembered for and now it's less of an obsession because you know ralph i get these amazing emails of people i already changed their lives and i have julie my girlfriend i have my family that i'm a big part of their lives i have my friends and i have the people i am already changing their lives so i'm actually pretty happy with that i hope i can be remembered as someone who helped more people bring in more freedom into their lives and spend the time the way they wanted to and manage to reach the lifestyle that they deserve 